you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? For those of you who are a guest today, welcome, welcome. My name is Mark Warren, and I'm one of the pastors here, so great to have you here today. For those of you who do know who I am, welcome back to Grace Capital Church. So, I love the new protocols these days. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out, do we fist pump? Do we hit with a knee? Do we hit with an elbow? You know, I'll tell you what, though, there's nothing to be fearful of. This could be wise. Nothing to be fearful of. Um, there are more people that die through the common flu than they do with the coronavirus. Um, and there are concerns for those of who, who are elderly to know that, you know, just, just be wise. If, uh, if you feel sick yourself, then um, you have a fever, just stay home. That's okay. We have an online service <laughs> that we can, uh, we can worship with you. But the reality is, you know, let's just keep trusting the Lord and what He is doing. Um, but I'm glad that you're here. I am so glad that you're here. And uh, so we'll, we'll figure out the protocol. I've already, done, I've already done the foot tap today. I've done the elbow. I've done the knuckle. You know, it's like, I feel like we're in Planet Fitness or something, you know, doing a little, <clears throat> you know, it's just, all right. Sorry. Actually, I've never been to Planet Fitness, by the way. I don't, they probably don't do that, do they? I just... I felt like I was <laughs> moving right along. Well, today we are actually going into the Word of God because this is why we're here, right? We want to hear what God has to say to us. Um, we are going to be actually in Mark chapter 11. If you've been following along um, in your uh, Bible reading, if you have one of these journals, they're available at the Info Hub. It's a, it's a year, um, basically journal through the Bible in a year, um, and we've been encouraging you to kind of track with us, and then, then we'll speak on something that you've read earlier this week. But as you're turning to Mark chapter 11, let me just kind of give you a, a few couple things to just uh, remind you of. Easter is around the corner, April 12th. And uh, for those of you who are saying, what service do I need to go to? There's two services. There's 8 o'clock for those earlier risers, and then there's a regular 10 o'clock service. So I want to let you know you have two options uh, we don't want you to come to Easter, though, by yourself. People are very open to, uh, to come to church on Easter, so bring somebody with you. We want to celebrate Jesus together. The other thing is, next Sunday, some of you want to know on our Mission Sundays to come prepared, next Sunday we are going to be um, bringing in one of our ministry partners, which is Bethany Christian Services, and they're going to be talking about uh, foster care, and they're going to be talking about um, how... We can be, act as respites for parents and help kids stay intact. And so they are one of our partners. And on Mission Sunday, we ask everybody to give a little bit above and beyond their regular tithes and offerings, regular tithes, I should say. And uh, so it'll be a great opportunity next week um, to come prepared for that. Well, let's pray and then move into, uh, move into this message. Father, we thank you so much for already being in your presence through worshiping you. We love the community that's here, that we can enjoy each other's company, we can serve each other. But God, we also know that there's a world beyond these walls that are so wanting to be connected to you and connected to a places of hope and joy. And let us, like that very first song we sang, let us remember that our, our, 
our lives should be in such a way that reflects your goodness, that draws people closer to you. Father, I just pray that you would speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. How many people really know what prayer is? That is going to be our topic today. We're going to be talking about the four lessons of prayer that Jesus taught us from Mark chapter 11. Four lessons that Jesus has taught us. Actually, three of them are from Mark 11. The other one is from Matthew chapter 6, which is the Lord's Prayer, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, are you sure you know what prayer is all about? Do you pray? When do you pray? Do you pray when you, those SOS prayers, like when you're in trouble, right? Those are the only times you pray. Or do you think God hears your prayers? Does he hear you? Does he not hear you? Do you have to pray in Jesus' name? We have to use the code word in Jesus' name for those prayers to be heard. Do you have to hold a cross while you're praying? Do you, who do you pray to? Do you pray to Jesus? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? Do you pray to God? From those of you who have a Catholic tradition, is it okay to pray to somebody else? Well, Jesus teaches us a little bit about prayer. I think if you want to find out what prayer does, what prayer means, and how to pray, probably the best person we want to listen to is the Son of God, right? He knows. He knows. Well, if you have your Bibles to Mark chapter uh, 11, we will have read this on this past Wednesday. This is uh, the account of when Jesus was in the temple and he loses, well, I wouldn't say he loses his temper because we would say, meek, mild Jesus, can he lose his temper? But he got angry. Can you believe that Jesus got angry? Is it okay for Jesus to be angry? All right, I don't know what you think about that, but this is what happens. And they came to Jerusalem. This is uh, Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 15. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who brought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seat of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Can you say house of prayer? But you've made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and they were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. And here we go on. So he talks about the temple should be a house of prayer. He flips over the money changers' tables, and now he's with them again. He says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to them, Rabbi, which means teacher, the fig tree that you cursed withered, and Jesus answered them. Pretty profound what he says. Red letters in my Bible, meaning this is what Jesus says. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes 
that what he said will come, tr- come to pass, and it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, can you say prayer? prayer. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. Can you say forgive? forgive? We'll get to that one in a moment. And if you have anything against anyone, so that your father, may all, your father who also is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Okay. Have anybody prayed for something earnestly and it didn't come true? Okay. So then what do we do with this scripture? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it'll be yours. Does that feel like there's a conflict there, though? We've prayed for things, and it hasn't happened. And yet, Scripture says, if we have faith and we believe, it will, anything is possible with God. Ah, that's the key. Anything is possible with God. Because what happens is when we pray, we must pray the way that Jesus prayed, which is he would go into quiet places and then he says, I only do and say what I hear the Father doing and saying from heaven. Could it be that when he's saying, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. Received it meaning what? Received What? Received instruction from God? Received the voice of God, the words of God? Or is it just receiving what you prayed for? I believe it's receiving what God has said. Now, he wants us to come and give our petitions to him. But but God is not the magic genie. (laughs) Where we rub our prayer bottle and all of a sudden, whoop. Your wish is my command, right? No, he says, I want you to come to me with your prayers and your concerns, and I want to be with you. So let me just kind of go over these, these four main points. So number one, if we, when we talked about our, my house should be called a house of prayer, remember back in the time, the temple was a physical place that God's spirit resided But then Jesus told us later in his word that we then become the temple of God. The residing place of God's presence is the Holy Spirit in our life and we become the temple of God. So so how we need to read that scripture is, yes, we can pray in buildings when we get together, but the reality is we are the temple and therefore this house, us, the temple of God. Our lives should be filled with prayer. That's point number one. If you're taking notes, point number one. Our lives should be filled with prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. Praying without ceasing. Does that mean we all need to stay in our homes, on our knees, and pray 24-7? Praying without ceasing really means is an awareness of this relationship that God wants to have with us. That as we're going through our regular day, when we wake up in the morning, good morning, God, thank you for another day. As we're driving to work, we're saying, God, 
those people that I'm going to encounter at work today, help me to be an example and to be a, a light to them. At lunchtime, God, I'm just so grateful that you've given me this food to nourish my body. As you come to a difficult conversation, God, just help me be grace-filled in this conversation. As you're coming to a place of conflict, oh God, I just want to represent you well in this. Let, my, let not my flesh overtake me and I want to punch somebody. <laughs> You've been there. That's why you chuckled. <laughs> All right. But the point that he makes after he comes to saying our, our temple, our, our lives should be a life of prayer it goes into realizing this. Number two, prayer moves significant things in our lives. There's something about prayer that moves these mountains. We actually talked about it already in the worship. But I love that as Nikki was talking about the grit list, she makes it about a God list because who moves the mountains? The prayer doesn't move the mountains. God moves the mountains. So what we need to realize is what prayer does is it links ourselves to God who can do the work on our behalf. Prayer allows ourselves to come close to God and say, God, what is on your heart? What mountain needs to be moved? And yes, make our prayers or petitions known to God. But at the end of the day, we let him do the moving. It's like I love what Victoria preached last week on realizing the gift that God gave us in the day of rest, the Sabbath, that we don't have to work the seven days, that God is always working. And he's told us that when we stop working, he's still working on our behalf. But he's given us that gift of the Sabbath, and so we can rest and know that God is still working, still at work. You see, I think when it says, whatever you ask in his name, when the Bible tells us, whatever you ask, I think we get confused of saying, I just, that he's my genie, and it's not. It's like whatever we ask that's in alignment with the heart of God, it will be done. So our job in prayer, actually, it's not a job, it's a relationship. Our, our place in prayer is to come before him and allow our hearts to, to be linked up with his. And that's what Jesus modeled for us. That's why he slipped away early in the morning. That's why he wanted to be with his father. To hear his heart. To hear his words. And number three. His prayer should be reflective, allowing God to bring correction to our lives. I think sometimes when we just approach God and we, we just kind of like make our list and then we ran, ramble off our list, dear God, please be with Aunt Betsy and her health issue. Be with uh, my, my kids to help them with school. Dear Lord Jesus, help my wife to love me better. Lord Jesus, help her serve me more. Lord Jesus, I just... I'm not speaking about you. That's not my list. I'm just making this up. Um... But we can come in and rattle off all the things that we want God to do, right? And yet we, we forget that the part of prayer has to do with this relationship. And I think when Jesus went through and cleared the temple, I think it was less about that there was 
they were selling things in the temple. I think it was the point that, that it was trying to say that these were exchanges that were taking place, that it was like business as opposed to God saying, no, being a house of prayer, meaning I want to be in a relationship with my people, not feel like this is transactional. Do you get that a little bit? I think sometimes we can approach our relationship with God as transactional. I do this, you do that. I live my life this way, you promise me blessings. I'm willing to go to Africa for you, God, but first before you give me my wife that I want to have before I go. <laughs> right? We, we make these, these conditional offers and we, we're transactional as opposed to God saying, no, I just want to be with you. I want to love you. I want to tell you the things that are on my heart. I want to help you through life. And then when we get to that place of allowing prayer not just to be a bunch of lists, but quietly coming before the Lord and allowing him to speak to us, at that moment, though, this is why in this scripture it says, and whenever you stand praying, well, there's, an, there's a reason to say you don't always have to kneel to pray. He says, stand praying. Forgive if you have anything against anyone. Interesting that he says, as we're praying, think about those relationships that are broken that need to be made right. There's something that prayer will do that will soften our hearts, that will align our hearts to the things that God, that's on his heart. And his heart is that relationships are whole. His heart that people are functioning in unity. And when we pray, if we just rattle a bunch of things off and don't allow God to speak to us, we realize that we're really missing what God's wanting to do in prayer. So the lesson, number third, lesson, number three, the third lesson, prayer should be reflective, allowing God to bring correction in our lives. Anybody okay with that? We don't like that word correction, especially us New Englanders. We like, we're right, don't tell me what to do. But the correction is only for our benefit. The Bible says that he disciplines those he loves. And all discipline is correction. Something that's out of whack, just bring it back into correction. So my question for us is, how, how well are we doing in listening? How well are we doing in then obeying when God says, hey, you know what? I know you have all this big prayer request for all these things, but you know you have a broken relationship here? Can, can you work on that? And the interesting thing, he says, just don't, don't, don't pray about the broken relationship. He says, if anyone has anything against you, forgive them. Which means, yeah, sometimes it's just an act of forgiveness to God, releasing them. But the other times, it's just like, hey, I just need to actually go have a conversation with you. And the interesting thing, and then it goes saying, so... The Father in heaven can forgive you. What does that tell us with regards to our relationships earthly as it relates to our relationship heavenly with our Father in heaven? Could it be that our broken relationships in this world affect our relationship with God? And could it be that our broken relationships actually affect our heart? Because that's the place that God 
connects with us with, right? It's not just a head thing. It's a heart thing. Well, then our fourth lesson that we learn from Jesus in prayer. So the first one is that our lives should be filled with prayer. So praying regularly, like this is just like a life of prayer. Number two, prayer moves significant things in our lives. Don't be afraid of those big obstacles in life, those mountains in life. Link up with God, see what's on his heart, and let God move your mountain. Number three, prayer should be reflective, allowing God to bring correction in your life. And then number four, number four, is Jesus actually teaches us how to pray. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, this is known as the Lord's Prayer because Jesus teaches us how to pray. Jesus in red letters, again in my Bible, says, pray then like this. Now, we don't recite, per se, our tradition here. I mean, I grew up saying the Lord's Prayer in every church service that I went to. But it's a model, meaning it's, there's components of it that are really good to think about while we're praying. So here goes, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We could probably recite that. You might say trespasses instead of debts. Um, but let me just kind of give you my rendition my words to those things. So I just realize these are my words, not Jesus' words, but they carry the essence of what I believe Jesus is saying there. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I would say it like this. Our dad who lives in heaven, you're whole and you're complete. Hallowed, holy is your name. Holy, complete Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I would say, we desire to have earth look like heaven. Would you pray that at some point in time? God, what? there's no sickness in heaven. I'm praying that there's no sickness here. God, there's no broken relationships in heaven. God, I'm praying that there's relationships are restored. Whatever you envision heaven to be, Pray it into existence here on earth. That's what he's saying, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, provide for us what we need today. God's our provider. That's why I love about the opportunity of giving in a service. Because that is a reminder every week when we give to saying that I'm not my provider. God's my provider. And forgive us our debts. And I would say this, and when we mess up, please forgive us. Anybody here mess up this week? <laughs> and as we also forgive our debtors, so in other words, as, and when people hurt us, let us forgive them. Anybody been hurt by a person before? Many a times. Unfortunately, this last thing's not on your screen. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I would say it this way. 
We at times are prone to do the wrong thing. Keep us from doing wrong because it brings hurt and bondage to myself and others. That's the Lord's Prayer. Let me read that all together now. Our dad in heaven, you're whole and complete. We desire to have earth look like heaven. Provide for us what is needed today. And when we mess up, please forgive us. And when people hurt us, let us forgive them. We at times are prone to do the wrong things. Keep us from doing wrong because it brings hurt and bondage to myself and others. Amen. So that's Jesus has modeled for us some things about prayer. We're praying to our Father in heaven. That's where God resides right now, heaven. We have the Holy Spirit with us today, which is amazing. If you say, well, who do I pray to? Do I pray to God or do I pray to Jesus? Well, Jesus modeled praying to God, but we also know the Trinity is one. So you're not going to go wrong praying to Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, meaning that we know that God comes in relationship with us through our relationship with Jesus, right? We have our relationship with God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. So that's why we pray in Jesus' name, because Jesus has become the bridge to our Father in heaven. But if you pray to Jesus, that's fine. If you pray to God, that's fine. But I think there's some things that we need to say. That's why when I look at uh, our ministry partner like Bethany Christian Services that we're going to be, be um, highlighting next week to realize that when there are kids who are either motherless or fatherless or are in abusive homes or homes that are broken relationally and I do believe it is our part as the church to say that we want to make earth look like heaven, which means there's no broken relationships, there's no motherless or fatherlessness, that everybody belongs, a child is a, has a safe place to belong. And we would say that's what we want to see here. So we would pray, God, help me to be a part of the solution to those problems that we see around us. And then realizing that we, it's important to be self-reflective, right? That was one of our points. That, that God is wanting to bring correction in our own lives. And, and when we mess up, just own it. Ask God for forgiveness and then bring forgiveness to somebody else. Ask to be forgiven if you've wronged somebody else. This lead us not into temptation. I, I think it's so important. I think that one is, is an understanding to realize that we have a tempter. We have... Satan, who wants to tempt us to do the wrong thing because he knows it puts bondage in our life. And if we have bondage in our life, then we're not effective for what God wants to do in and through us. And then we're ruled by shame and, and we kind of move away from relationship instead of in relationship. And we move away from God, which then makes us not hear what's on God's heart and his mind. I want to um, just give some practical things about prayer. So the men's group have, has been doing this. They call it 603 prayer. They've been praying for this church. They've been praying for our state. My heart is that New Hampshire typically is the lowest uh, churched 
or I would say lowest in relationship with Jesus of any state in the union. We usually compete for last place with Vermont or Massachusetts. Um, currently, we are in last place. And we can change that by 1%. Um, New Hampshire has about 1.4 million people. 1% is only 14,000 people. Could we believe that we would see 14,000 people come to Christ through the unity of churches, not just through our church, through the unity of churches? So our men's group, the 603 prayer is praying for our state, 603, area code. But they pray at 603, morning and night. They set their alarms and we have a bunch of men. Who, isn't it great to know that we are men, our men of prayer, who are raising up in this church, who are taking the lead? Well, I also want to encourage you for a week, I want to give you a tool that I want to invite you. This church would be a church of prayer that at 6.03, I'll do it p.m., not a.m., to remind you, I'll, I'll, I'll have it set up that if you have our Grace Capital Church app, by the way, if you don't yet, you can look on the screen here what it looks like, the GCC app, and you'll be able to, um, yeah, see that little icon over there? You can go to your app store, download it, you can find that, and uh, what I want you to do, though, is I want to walk you through a few things, even if you have the app. If you just open the app real quick. I want you to make sure that you have a notification clicked off in your app for prayer. I'm only going to send it to those who have clicked it off. So for those of you who are saying, hey, I don't want to participate in that, that's fine. I just want to make sure if you're saying that, you know what, I want to be a part of, for a week, collectively, you'll get a notification as a reminder through your notification box at 6.03 to pray. So if you go to your app... If you don't, you can download the app uh, in the App Store. And if you click on the bottom, um, it will say more. And on that more, you click more again. And you're going to go to your settings. That little gearbox settings. And then you're going to find in those settings your notification categories. Now that's, you can click off any one that you want on there, but I would want to make sure that prayer is checked off on that category list. And so you will get a notification at 6.03 p.m. for this entire week to pray. And I want you to pray with a level of expectation that God will move mountains, that we will hear his corrective voice, that he is going to soften our hearts, that we're going to understand what is in heaven that he wants on earth. That we're going to link together to pray for our state, but pray for our families. Pray for our church. Pray for our world. All right, so if you didn't have your phone with you or if you're having troubles getting logged in or whatever, just make sure you can do that at home later. Um, I, want, I want it to be a concert of prayer if we can. Next is I want to let you know of some other prayer opportunities. We have pre-service prayer that goes on every Sunday in our granite room down this hall. That starts at 9 o'clock. And we would love for anybody who has a heart to pray to join together and pray. Because remember, prayer does something, right? Prayer does something in our hearts, but prayer does something to move mountains. 
If there was a, a big takeaway idea that I want you to walk away with today, it's just that. Prayer moves mountains and prayer moves our hearts. Prayer moves mountains and prayer moves our hearts. And when we pray expectant that God is going to do something on our behalf, that he's moving on our behalf. But when we pray and we're quiet before the Lord, he's actually going to do something in our hearts as well. Um, Pastor Richie and his wife, Cresslin, and Audra and I, um, and with working with some of our other elders, we have been going through a course that we're going to be offering to you in our next life group session called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. It is transforming my life, um, and I would love the opportunity for it to transform yours. But one of the things that it does is morning and night, we spend two minutes quietly, only two minutes listening to God. You would think two minutes would be a pretty easy thing to do of your life. It is so hard. Your mind wants to wander. You want to start thinking about talking to God as opposed to just being there and listening. But it's transforming my life, and I would love for it to transform yours. So when you see, we're going to be starting life groups coming up here uh, in April, emotionally healthy relationships. Uh, we'll, we can tell you more about that, but that will be coming up for you as well. The last thing of prayer is we do have an event coming up here that's a regional night of prayer and worship. Uh, Pastor Richie and myself, we have this heart to see our unified church, not Grace Capital Church, but Next Level, Center Point, Restoration, Joy Church, um, Real Life Church in Laconia, um, Baptist Church, Catholic Church, Presbyterian Church. Doesn't matter as long as we wave the Jesus banner Amen. to come together in prayer and worship. The Bible says the world will know that Jesus is king and real by our love for one another. And he also says that we must contend for unity. And so on March 22nd, we're going to be the host location, but it's not necessarily our event. Pastor Richie will be leading us in worship with, uh, with, uh, with others. Pastors from other um, churches are going to be here to pray with us. It's going to be a collective event. I'll be here and I'll participate in it as well. But March 22nd, it's a Sunday night. Um, we're going to have a time of prayer and worship collectively. And if we truly believe that prayer moves mountains and moves our hearts, let's be people of prayer. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for who you are. God, we realize that you're so alive and you hear our prayer. Yes, you're in heaven, but you're not far away. You reside in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word that says in Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
God, I think that idea of being watchful and thankful is really about realizing, let's watch and see what you're going to do, God, because you're moving mountains. Let's be thankful because, God, you've given us so much, and, and when you move those mountains, you, you're to be thanked because it's you who does the work. God, those times in our hearts where, where our heart feels like there's a mountain in our heart because there's broken relationships, God, I just... I pray that you would move in our hearts, God, to mend the brokenness. Oh, our Father in heaven, you're whole and you're complete. You want to make us whole and complete. You want to make our relationships, our marriages, our families whole and complete. Let us be willing to slow down our prayer requests to hear what your prayer request is for us. (laughs) That we would hear your instruction and bend our will to come in alignment with your will. Oh God, I just remember your son Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, not my will, but your will be done. Let us be people like that where we'd say, let it not be about me, but let it be about you. Your kingdom work that you want to have on earth as it is in heaven. And across this room, God, I pray that we would ask your forgiveness for the wrong things that we've done. That we would forgive also those who have wronged us. God, we know that we have a tempter that wants to pull us into places that we shouldn't be. But God, let us see clearly what the tempter does only put us into places of hurt and desperation and bondage. For anyone here today, Lord, that is in bondage, I pray right now you, you release that bondage in Jesus' name. The chains have come off and you've set them free. Lord Jesus, I also know in a room like this, there are many that might be here today that have not made a decision to follow you with all of their heart. That they've prayed the SOS prayers, they've cracked their Bible occasionally, but God, they've never given their life to you. Today, I want to give them that opportunity. Like the opportunity that was given to me in my early 20s when a friend of my brother's walked through a simple prayer of repentance, forgiveness, that acknowledgement of who you are, Jesus. If that's you, you can just say this prayer under your breath. Jesus, I want you in my life. I'm sorry for trying to live my life on my own. I want to follow your leadership in my life. 
Please forgive me for all the wrong and mistakes that I've made. And I turn and follow you, Jesus, bending my will to yours. God, I want to give my life to you. Thank you for not only going to the cross for my sins, but thank you for conquering death by rising up out of the grave. I want to make you my Lord and my Savior and my friend. I receive you in my life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that today, would you just slip up your hand of acknowledgement? I'm not going to ask anything of you, but just an acknowledgement. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Jesus, for those who have acknowledged you and even those who didn't raise their hand, I just want to say, Lord, thank you for being so gracious to us. While we were yet sinners, you went to the cross for us. You didn't say, get your life together first. You said, I love you for who you are, just the way you are, but I want to set you free. I want to be the Lord of your life so I can help you know what, to live this freedom and to live this joy and to live this kingdom, new kingdom life. So we thank you for those decisions that were made today. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give them a big hand for those of you who gave your life to Jesus today. We welcome you into the kingdom of God. I also have something for you. If you wouldn't mind just taking a card, if you made a decision for Christ, filling that card, there's a connect card in your seat pocket. On the back side is the prayer card, but check off. It says, I received Christ today. Turn it into the info hub. They're going to give you this book. It's, a, it's a, a video series that will walk you through with some devotionals of what does it mean to be saved. Basically, subtitles, heaven starts now. You don't have to wait to die to start living heaven. Heaven can start today for you. Um, and for those who gave your life to Jesus, heaven is starting for you today. Get that as a free gift for you, and it'll give me a chance to also follow up with you. Remember, if you want to follow along with us and journal with us, you can grab one of these at the Info Hub for $5 as well, just to cover our cost. And uh, otherwise, be people of prayer. Be people of prayer. Because God moves mountains, and he wants to move your heart through prayer. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.